0: Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Conner. Hi, this is Miriam, welcome to Apparently Speaking, your podcast for all things parenting. Kids and screens is a huge issue for parents and one of the topics that I'm asked about the most. Technology is here to stay, so we as parents need to have a plan to manage it and try to make it a positive for our families. This may seem like a daunting task, and even talking about it with your kids may be difficult. My guest today has years of research and experience on this topic, and I'm looking forward to talking to and learning from her today. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. This episode is also sponsored by Ohio Tuition Trust, helping Ohioans save for college learn more at collegeadvantage.com delaney rustin md is a filmmaker stanford trained physician international speaker and the creator of the award-winning films screenagers and screenagers next chapter a trusted expert on screen time and parenting and improving the well-being of today's youth Rustin has appeared on Good Morning America, The Today Show, and PBS NewsHour, and has been invited to speak at Google, the Aspen Institute, the United Nations, and conferences and schools worldwide. To date, her films have been seen by over 4.5 million kids and adults at screenings in 85 countries. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm honored that you are here. Oh, you're so kind. It's great to be here. No, no, I mean it. And and I love, you know, we mentioned, and we'll talk about screenagers and all of that as we go through, I'm sure, but um, really want to focus also on your book, which I read, the whole thing, Parenting in the Screen Age, A Guide for Calm Conversations. And I love that you really focus on Having those conversations with your kids, because I think that is difficult for a lot of parents. It maybe doesn't come naturally, and you give conversation starters, ideas at the end of each. Chapter at the end of each section, which I love. So, um, we have a lot to talk about. I love the book. And, like I said, um, it was right up my alley. Your background and childhood and how you even got into making documentaries to me, that was fascinating. I loved reading about that. Um, so, it has a lot of powerful information. Um, so, we'll just kind of get right into it and maybe talk about, you know, your. your Social media is kind of the first topic in your book. So what are your thoughts on that for parents in general? Mm, Well, I can tell you uh, my mistakes. Okay.
1: (laughs) That is um, a lot of this journey has been my interest in um, sharing personal stories as a way Mm -hmm. of connecting universally. I had been doing mental health documentaries, uh, one about my father who had schizophrenia, as well as other ones. And I really learned firsthand that the more personal the story, the more universal it is. And I took that same idea as I started to work on Screenagers, the film. Um, And with my daughter in social media, it was so easy for me to get instantly triggered into all of my fear places, you know, does she like, you know, I would just constantly say to her things like, well, Snapchat, you think it's disappearing, but, but you remember it's not. And I, love it because uh, I say this like the same thing. <laughs> right? And it was like all those things. And it only pushed us further apart, made me, mm-hmm. you know, less effective. Like, yeah, I was right, but was I being effective? So, um, I had to really do a pivot and start to first and foremost validate to Tessa, like all the positives that she was experiencing with social media. I mean, the ones that we can all agree on in terms of talking to her friends and, 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 um, getting cool ideas about, uh, art projects or, uh, you know, learning about the world and how we can be change agents. And, I then, from that place, once she understood that I really saw a lot of the positives, that made it so that she could start to feel comfortable to come to me when things weren't going so well. And I had to really validate that I understood that was a part of social media. That's a reality. And that my goal isn't to punish her. Like, that was a a big thing. Like, you know, there's kids who get their phones taken away for a month. And mm-hmm. boy, that's the number one thing that's going to keep them quiet from coming to for you. Sure. <laughs> there are problems. <laughs> so that would be uh, like uh, an example of the, the, the switch that I have
0: had to make and constantly work on as a parent. I really like that you focus on the positives because there are positives, you know, and as you were talking about through some of the positives I thought of my daughter's going to be going to college in the fall and, you know, they have already these um, groups formed and these t- texts, these apps and all this kind of stuff to get to know some of the other incoming freshmen. And it's been great. Cause she'll tell me, Oh, I, I talked to this one girl today. She's from, you know, wherever, and she seems really nice and she likes this and this. And it's really, I was like, wow, that's really, really a cool thing to go, go already, when you go to college, you're going to already have, you know, this group of people that you at least, you know, you know their name, you're familiar with. So there are, and like a lot of positives about it. And like you said, obviously there are dangers and things that we worry about, but just having the conversation, you know, being able to talk and say like, you know, Hey, I, and you know, I was able to do it. Sometimes I would see other people's posts, maybe some people that she was friends with or something. And I would say, you know, I really like so-and-so, but I'm not, I don't think that she posted that. I don't think that was the best picture to post. And here's why Mm -hmm. we could talk about it. Mm -hmm.
1: And absolutely. And the more it's, um, the more that we can ask that as a question, you know, what, what do you think of that post That's Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard not to just go into, you know, and you'll figure that out with your, your kids. You know, I would, I would just add why it's been so important that I've learned to be talking about those positives, as you mentioned, is they are inundated in, as a society of the most negative messages around screen time um, that they are so – have like about three different big issues. They're defended. Like they're like, you know, wait, I feel defensive. I feel attacked. It's kind of – And um, they also feel like we completely don't get it. Even right. though if we say a few things, they're like, no, 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 they still don't get it. And so um, – but particularly this idea of the society doing kind of all or none like you know this idea that all of mental health problems are because of social media or you know the um the that idea that they hear all the time or the only thing that was talked about in school before covid is you know online bullying or or possibly sending pictures there was no mm-hmm. place for discussion about positives so they really think a society is Completely out of the loop and shaming them in a way, you know, saying that you these are all these things you are doing and you're wrong. So that's why, as parents, I can't uh, express enough the power of our working to just tone that down and to have those discussions. And and as you mentioned in the book, you know, um, it's really easy to say talk to your kids about this and that as a as a physician who who has my background is in communication science after residency i was super fascinated by how do we talk about sensitive issues as a doctor in training i was so impressed by certain Communicators, certain health professionals, nurses, whoever it might be, that they could walk in a room and be talking with the family, and wow, the sky would light up, and that magic would happen through their list that that technique of listening and talking. And some another professional would come in the room, uh, a doctor, and it could be just like, uh, like just the floor would just crack with all the tension and all the mistakes <laughs> that were being said. And as I, I was just so attuned. So I, I ended up doing research after residency about how do we talk about things? What's What tends to be more effective, what tends not to be? And it's through that lens that as you know, reading the book is, is what the book is so much about, not, you know, here's all the science. And so make sure to talk to your kids. It's much more about, okay, your kid or your teen is this age, and this is kind of the background. So here's some strategies that can make the conversation go better. That was crucial to me in, in writing the book.
0: Yeah, and that's something I loved about it. I, I have a note and I'm looking through I have my highlights and my notes. And one big thing I wrote at the beginning is, you know, the focus on the conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big takeaway for me. And like you said, it wasn't just like Do this, don't do this, don't let your kids do this. Look out for this. This is bad. This is good. This is bad. And I think, you know, those are helpful when we find those resources like, hey, I did you know about about this app or whatever that it, you know, it has this and this. And and that's good. But I love the focus on conversations in this book. And it just really, and like you said, you give stories, you know, about your personal stories that we can relate to. And like all of them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could either relate to that or I know somebody, you know, that did the exact same thing or went through the exact. Same thing. So I love the focus on the conversations because that's really where you are going to get how you're going to get through to your kids rather than just saying, don't do that app or don't post that picture. But you need to have those conversations. Why? Yeah. So I really like that. Um, I like one of the things, you know, talking about social media, one of your topics, you know, the need to be seen and the allure of fame that always really interests me uh, because I think adults are guilty Uh, of that as well. You know, we get that little, you know, high when we get Mm -hmm. a like or a follow or something like that. So obviously, you know, a lot of kids will probably get that, you know, even more. So that, that was a really interesting section to me.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you, you mentioned it as a high. I, it is so much of human nature is to want to be seen and appreciated period. That does not go away. And now, as a society where that is built into the fabric, with the social media as a whole other way of getting it, in a society that's already increasingly focused on the individual and their accomplishments, it's on the one hand, there's wonderful things about uh, you know feeling seen and appreciated. The flip side is what I call the performance economy, that this intense pressure in academics and online to be visibly uh, ranked and appreciated and given a score, that's concerning. Um, One of the areas in the book that I love that has changed my parenting so much is to really um, hold up a mirror to my kids when they are doing the things that I think are really going to benefit them and show their them their irrefutable evidence of their character strengths. So, I'm focused more rather than oh, why are you on your phone right now or, you know, mm-hmm. it's much more like wow, you know, you you've been turning in your phone at night the at mm-hmm. the time we talked about that really shows respect. That like shows you can, it's not easy to do. And you have that kind of ability when you set your mind to do something. Or if they come to dinner and they got off a video game or something like, wow, that was not easy, but you really are like a team player. You know, we were all waiting for dinner and you did it anyway, even though it was hard. So I I think as parents, not give everyone a trophy, Miriam. I'm not saying that. It's not that (laughs) at all. That backfires it is as parents remembering that need to be seen in an authentic way. And we have a lot of power in our house to do that. In fact, it, it, Tessa, like I had started to do that. And I mentioned how, wow, you know, at school, she was having some issue with a girl. And I, even a few days later i kind of mentioned like wow you know that ability that you went and you talked to her it could have been really easy to just ignore that but you did that and then about a week later she would bring that up like mom i remember when you said that that really helped i mean you will start oh. to see it it really um settle into them and give them the kind of confidence and the kind of um, focus on their own abilities that is uh really helps in a hard time when they're when they're Desire to be seen is so key in how they try to you know put this over onto social media, and most of them realize that it's a very mixed sword. They get very savvy about it. It's not like they're you know most of them see that there's there's some pluses to it, but there's also minuses. and that's where the conversations come in.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think um, you know, just like when you're saying, you know, you mentioned to them, hey, I appreciate that you put that away or you got off of that or whatever. It's just like when they're little, you know, catch them being good, mm-hmm. um, and and mention it. And so that doesn't really change. I mean, you're not gonna do it as often or every little thing, but I think especially when it's something maybe you've you've talked to them about, you know, like my my oldest daughter's 17, so she's, you know, obviously in with social media and her phone. And so, you know, I had a conversation with her, like, you know it seems like you are, you know, it has to be with you a lot. Maybe you don't even realize it. It happens to me too. We can become addicted to it very easily. Um, You know, it it doesn't, let's try not to have it all the time with us or checking it all the time, you know, when we're doing family things and things like that. And um, she didn't say much, but, you know, I've noticed that she has tried to leave it, you know, other places, like if we're doing something as a family, she'll leave it, you know, in her room or she'll leave it places. So I've noticed that she is trying to do that. So I did say something to her about it. I don't want to make a huge deal, but I just was like, "Hey, I noticed mm-hmm. that you have been trying to do that. So I, I really appreciate it. Um Just so she notices that I noticed." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love Miriam that you're saying that you are
1: saying it's a we thing. That that's fantastic. Parents get really worried that. If they're saying what they're working on, mm-hmm. it somehow deleg- uh, delegitimizes their power or their voice. And it's particularly around technology, quite the opposite. And while we're supposed to kind of model all this great behavior, I find it much uh, more powerful, um, and I'm not dismissing modeling, but to actually talk about things that we're working on with our technology and how that um That ability to voice what we're working on is really modeling what we want for our kids. So, for example, I wanted Tuesday nights to not be on screens at all. And I told my kids I was trying this and how it was failing at first. I forgot <laughs> that to do it one time. And another time I had important emails that I didn't really kind of plan for the evening. And they started to help me. Like we would they say like, well, mom, put up a sticky note or like, uh, you know, what what can we do to arrange things so I wouldn't forget? Like, you know, I brought out my I do beating about once Uh a month, not as much as I'd love, but I bead earrings. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put that out on the dining room table. So I remember that I get to treat myself rather than being on a screen. I get to be a creator rather than just consuming all the YouTube cool videos that they bring. So they saw me the work of life of, of finding ways that we want to improve and then doing the hard work to create healthier habits. And, um, that's been uh, a really important message that I've given to parents because as a doctor, I can tell you when we say things like, Oh, just, just model, you know, make sure you're modeling screen time better. Yeah. Well, that's an amorphous big goal that that never works. If you tell, you know, talk to a patient like, Oh, yeah, well, you're just going to eat better. Okay, great. Sounds great. Okay. You know, good luck. <laughs> that's, they're never <laughs> going to feel like they're going to do that for about two days and then just feel like that was not an achievable goal. And I constantly working with my patients, like, let's just have one small goal. Cause I want you to get that hit of dopamine. So what is it? You know, maybe it's, you wake up and you're going to do exercise for five minutes for two days of the week. Is that sound reasonable? Cause I just want them to succeed in it. I don't, uh, that's going to help make change as opposed to, you know, the idea of, Oh, every day you're going to do a, a whole workout.
0: Yeah. So that, that applies right over to this. I like that. Just so it's a little goal, you know, Hey, maybe, you know, tonight don't, you know, let's go off of it for an hour or whatever it is. Some attainable goal. I like that rather than telling your kids, you know, it's this whole big thing. That's probably not going to be, you know, you're, it's probably not going to be stuck to anyway. So, you know what I mean? And then, and then they think that's ridiculous. They can't do that, but just something small. And I do like the idea. And like you said, you know, just kind of tell, because we all struggle with it. If we're honest, I think most people, and so to say, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to do that with you or as well, or we're all going to kind of do that. I really, really like that. I think that's important. goes along with, you know, just having those conversations, like you're stressing. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about a little bit about video games when we come back. So we'll be right back. So, Dad, what do you know about saving for college?
1: Enough to be dangerous.
0: Something about the start of the school year. I just get a little
1: freaked out that we're not getting anywhere. Our savings account earns nothing. You had Ohio's 529 plan. Wait, I had one? You did. How
0: are your student loan payments coming? I don't have student loan payments.
1: (laughs) No, you don't.
0: Tax-free, accepted nationwide. See why Ohio's 529 plan is the plan that can at collegeadvantage.com. Okay. And we are back and talked about social media. I'm looking at the time and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to talk to you for like three hours. Cause I'm like, I have all these things in my book. I know that's not going to happen. So we'll get to what we get to. <laughs> um, but I, I could tell that I could, this could be much longer if I let it. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about social media, just touched on that. And then, you know, my, my oldest daughter is 17. So that's, you know, her area, I would say. And then I have a son who's 14 and he, he doesn't care about, that at all. Right now, he does not even express any interest in that, which is fine with me. Doesn't really care about, you know, his phone half the time. I'm like, I I texted you. He's like, oh, I didn't, you know, (laughs) (laughs) realize or anything like that. So, but um, he is into video games where my daughter, my oldest daughter could not care. You know, she doesn't care at all about video games. So what are your thoughts kind of on video games?
1: Well, I think right now, obviously more than ever, kids are able to have that connection with their friends over video Mm -hmm. games, um, which is fantastic. And I think that they get to have that great feeling of leveling up and be entertained. So again, that same idea of having those discussions about all the positives that Mm -hmm. are happening and then, you know, how do we make sure that they're having, uh, plenty of time off of video games, as well as their ability to talk to us about issues that happen on video games. So whether that is um, some one of the guys they're playing with consistently is uh, putting everyone down, or that they're not getting to be invited to games. So again, that there are, there are real interesting social dynamics happening, and are they okay to talk about it? And what is so key as parents is for us to really um, use, exam, not just wait for our kids to come forward, but to actually, th- that's a whole point of, of the book is to like about once a week, you know, talk about the positives of screen time, but then also bring up like, hey, you know, I heard that often, you know, guys who are playing video games together, sometimes like they, they just aren't being invited to play mm-hmm. and they feel pretty bad about that. Have you seen that happen, you know, among your friends at all? so it's that little invitation that can really ignite a, a really important conversation there are so many topics around video games um and, you know and that's why there there's many in the book but yeah. uh, I, I will leave it to you to see if there's a particular area you want yeah. to talk
0: about. I think there. that most parents, if I'm talking to, you know, if they're talking to me about video games, it's it's more like the time, you know, yeah. how do I get them off? Or they all they want to do is play video games and they never get off. And then, you know, it's always the game where it's like, oh, if I stop now, um, it's going to take me back to the- the beginning, you know, so I have yeah. to keep playing it. You know how they didn't, or I'll um, let all my friends down because we're in the midst exactly, of the game and we yes, have to come I'm to dinner. With my friends, and so I have yeah. to keep playing. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's more the managing, you know, the limits mm-hmm. and, and are they addicted to it and and those kind yeah. of things.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, with the movie screen that people are still watching in their homes mm-hmm. or their schools, you know, the, the, the thing that was super power, what is super powerful for young people to see is you meet Andrew, who, who truly had his life kind of completely derailed when he um, was a big gamer in high school, but was doing well academically, but not socially, mm-hmm. but still his parents didn't quite kind of, know how to, what to do about that. He went off to college and, and the stress of it, the social, all of it just made him find his comfort zone playing and playing and playing and literally through the nights until he was flunking out of classes. He had been an A student in high school. So he, he took off in the middle of the night, uh, to get away from school. And you hear ultimately how he's in a kind of a program to help him to Regain balance in his life and get over the compulsive use of of video games. And what's so beautiful in the film is that you see him playing the piano and you hear him say, you know, I often wonder if I hadn't played so many video games, how much better would I be now on the piano? and you see the kid's eyes just light up. <laughs> They're like, and literally will come up after the film and talk to me like, I, I was going to ask for for an Xbox, but I-, I don't want one now. Or like, I'm going to try Aww. to take on a, a new hobby. I'm going to get a pet. You know, it, it, hearing it from teens obviously is very powerful. But I just want to um, say that and there's lots of different ways about science that teens can very much relate to. There's a podcast I have, Screen Age's podcast, and it's called um, One About um, Video Gaming. And, and it's related to high dopamine states and low dopamine states. And and when you talk to teens about how they're being flooded with this, uh, the dopamine, the body wants to get to a more um, equilibrium and therefore the the neurons that take up the pleasure chemical called dopamine, they mm-hmm. actually start to decrease the receptors so that they are no longer as sensitive to the dopamine. That means when you stop playing the video game, things that are normally okay, they're going to feel that much more mm, aversion to it because it's not um, exciting their brain. They're, they've really numbed it down. And I it's a it's a it's a great podcast to listen with, uh, teens. So I hope you'll listen to it with your kid because it, it has Andrew in it, who I just mentioned in the podcast. And it is those kind of techniques that can help, um, many different ways. It's not a simple thing. You know, how are we going to help them to figure out, to balance, but ultimately as parents, how do we get better at working to set limits that we can stick by with our kids. And that's a lot of the book because it, you know, it's not just saying, well, it's healthy to have two hours or four hours or whatever you want to say. No, it doesn't even matter if you figure out the time. There's always going to be wanting more. And as parents, there's many different strategies of ways to help ensure that your kids have plenty of time getting sleep and doing other things that they need to do. Even if they're playing video games, how do we ensure as parents, it's our job to make sure that other things are also happening?
0: Yeah. And I like that you're, no one's saying don't play it at all, you know, and, and, um, it's fine. Um, there are positives like we, like you talked about and just having those conversations and, and. I I am going to listen to that, um, episode with him. I think that's really, you know, just sometimes you just have to be, you kind of have aware and we, he has limits and he, he loves to do a lot of other things. So it's not an issue, but, um, I mean, if I never said anything, he would probably, you know, (laughs) like a Saturday, you know, if he's home, he would probably, you know, stay down there much, much longer, obviously. But, and again, you know, you are the parent, so you are the one that sets the limits on it, right? I mean, I would say you, you are the one in charge of how long they're going to stay on it. Um, so you do have that, that kind of control over it. But I think rather than just saying like, nope, you're done and you're, you know, or you get, you know, this time of day, have those conversations mm-hmm. and talk about why and talk about some other things that you'd like to see them doing as well um, in addition to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's really about talking as a parent about your values, you know. You you want a parent with integrity and you value that your kid is going to have lots of experiences even during COVID that are going to help them to feel competent problem solvers, care, uh, helpers in the world and that you also value their input. So let's keep having these conversations about what seems reasonable uh, around the video games? How do we work on this together? And sometimes you're just going to say, you know what, and life's unfair. You know what, I'm saying that during the weekday, you need to be technology off. I say, you know, by 10, you want it to be 11, you know, so let's compromise here. And, and anytime you can kind of do those conversations where there's some compromise, that's great. And when you base it on values, um, and valuing their input, that works particularly well
0: as well. And we're going to take another quick break. When we get back, I want to talk to you about your section in the book, Fostering Human Bonds. So we'll be right back. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. Hey, we are back and there's so much uh, more to talk about. So I definitely would say, please get the book. Um, You know, there's, you talk a lot about, um, mental health and there's everything that goes along with that. Sleep, contracts, and family rules. Um, just conversations, homework with screens. There's so much great information in here. Um, I just want to talk to you about. I really enjoyed fostering human bonds, and I was really glad that you included that because I think that most people would agree. You know, that's something that because of screens, maybe you know our kids have you know a little less, or they're not as comfortable maybe um, with those human bonds, you talked about siblings and screen times and just those communication skills, why to talk to the cashier. And, and I love that because I always try to, you know, have my kids when they were, you know, starting when they were young, you know, you order for yourself at the restaurant, you say, if you need something else, you go back up and ask it, you talk to the teacher, things like that, just to get them good at those communication skills. Oh, absolutely. I've, Definitely
1: talk to a lot of kids and teens and parents where they're still uncomfortable to call, you know, the pizza, order a pizza if you yeah. actually have to call. Yeah, and- I'm like, you're not even seeing you. It's just a phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it absolutely pays off. And there are definitely... Um, kids who for which we know social anxiety of all the anxiety types, that's the most common one is, is social anxiety. And so now we have this ability for our kids. Unfortunately, they have this ability to hide behind it. Let's pretend it's not COVID. And um, I feel for those um, parents who are are very frustrated by that. They see that they're worried about their, mm-hmm. their kids. And first and foremost is, you know, do their do they know that their kids are doing things where they're interacting with other people? Are they on a sports and team or a dance team or some club? Or do they have a friend or two? So if they are having those connections, even though there's a lot of social media, let's say, or other online communication, video games, you know, you, you can feel assured. That's a really a good thing. But then the next step is that we want to make sure our kids are having communication with people much younger and much older. And that's the area that I get particularly worried about, but I get excited about as parents that we can move the lever. So let me give an example for me growing up. Um, both my parents were severely uh, mentally ill and I didn't have siblings. So I, um, fortunately, uh, early on just kind of realized I'm going to go out in the world. I'm going to get a job. I started working when I was 11 and I'm going to also get to know other people's parents, you know, find the, those adults in my life. And through my jobs, I had wonderful mentors, uh, who I still stay in touch with Mm -hmm. through adopting other parents. I still, you know, stay in touch with them. And our kids, and they're, you know when they're in a decent homes and whatnot, they're not necessarily being exposed now to that same positive affirmation and mentoring and good conversations that, that happen with adults. So how, as parents, do we like kind of nudge things so that we're with other families and when COVID is over and we say, "You know what, we're going to make it so, and this is I always sent out an email, that devices are um, put away for the evening. And then at dinner, we'd have dinner with the different kids and parents, and so that they start to get to know those other parents. And they're, then they're in the living room and talking one-on-one with them. It would be an example of how do we start to ensure that. The other one, for particularly for my daughter, is a complete high of life if for her to be with littler kids. And mm-hmm. when we have a society now where our kids are on screen so much and they're often not with their siblings as much, when do we as parents step in and just say, you know what, this, I value your relationships and your time together. And we're, we need to figure this out. We have to experiment as a family of how we're going to do this. So I'll give an example. Our neighbor, um, she has four kids ages 16 to eight. And they started to experiment with Sunday as family day with screens away other than in the evening they could all watch a movie together. And they could, the you know, and so I was just over there interviewing them about it. And it was so interesting because, you know, me and the mom were talking about, okay, well, what's the stress around that screen time? How's that worked or whatnot? And then I interview her 12-year-old uh, son and he's like, Oh, it's family day. What do you what are you talking about? And I go, Well, what about all of the fact that you can't really be on your screen? He goes, oh, I don't know. We just play and hang out. I'm with you know, like it he really appreciated <laughs> that this it's actually working. And as just to kind of take away the the temptation of like, oh, just jumping on, on the screen. That's working for them right now. It's it, but as a parent, it's that constant experimentation of how are we gonna help our kids? To make sure, like you did, that they are having plenty of times face to face with people from different backgrounds and different ages.
0: Yeah, and it's something to really think about. And I, I, don't think a lot of people probably think about the different backgrounds and different ages kind of thing. Um, and to get your kids comfortable with that, so I, I, I think that's great. And I, I love the the part um, you know you're talking about siblings and screen time. And it made me um just have a different viewpoint a little bit because, you know, with my kids, if I'm if I'm running to the store or something and they're here or if I'm doing something or whatever and they're they're spending time together, you know, without me, I will say, okay, you guys do something together. And I always try to say, not not something with a screen. You know, I try to steer them away from that. Or if I get home and they're watching a show, I'm like, oh, is there, could you guys have thought of anything else to do together? And I, I always try to, and then sometimes I'll say like, mom, we did play a game and now we're watching the show. And then when I read through that section of the book, you, you know, are kind of giving all these examples of how these siblings they, it was kind of their connection, you know, like we're watching this show together, we love it, and then we laugh about it later and we talk about it. We have that connection with this show or this movie or you know, whatever it is. And I was like, I can I could totally see that. And I do hear my kids talking about, you know that if they watched a show together and when I wasn't there. So it really kind of changed my viewpoint a little bit. Not that it's like you don't want them to do other things together, also but it, it just gave me a different, something I had not thought of. I want to thank you so much for being here. I think it was amazing. You're amazing. And just your background, like I said, the 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 Screenagers movies, the book, mm-hmm. and um, there's so much more that we could have talked about um, in here for sure. So how can people find you and find out more about you and the book and the documentaries and everything? Oh, well, thank you so much. You know, it's all at ScreenagersMovie.com. I have a
1: website, DelaneyResson.com, but the podcast and the uh, weekly blog, which is, gosh, over five years now, Tech Talk Tuesdays, um, the book and how to watch the movies right now in your home with your kids. All of that is at screenagersmovie.com.
0: So it makes it really easy. Great. Well, I definitely would encourage everyone to check that out. And again, I thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, Miriam, it's great. And I've been enjoying your
0: podcast. So thank you so much for having me on it. thank you. I appreciate that. That's an honor. Thank you so much. Okay. Goodbye. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. This episode is also sponsored by Ohio Tuition Trust, helping Ohioans save for college. Learn more at collegeadvantage.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at NortheastOhioParent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at NortheastOhioParent.com.